0: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The great Albert Breer of the MMQB. Albert, welcome, bud.
1: Hey, what's up, Nick?
0: Oh, we're just, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers, we're just simple folk trying to get through you know uh, the the dark times. That's all we are here.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to be in like a dark room or something? Oh, I would though. I would like. I... I would too. You know what? Like when he when he said that, I was like, Oh I feel people make fun of him. I'm like, that sounds kind of nice. <laughs> like... So
0: the only thing is, I so I I did a little research on this because you know, like I'll be honest, I I do the ayahuasca thing. That sounds fun, but I didn't realize there are there are these these darkness retreats that go up to 10 days, and that includes two days before and four days after. So there are people out there, Albert, that can take 16 days off in a row to go on a darkness retreat that lasts 10 days and has a couple days on either side.
1: Were the days the other, are the other days on either side, either side, like an acclimation period of some sort, or?
0: Yeah, I think so, and like just to chill. I think just in in some paradise location. You're
1: not going to chill enough when you're in the in isolation. <laughs> you, you need to like pre chill and then post chill. I probably should have
0: done better research. If that's as much as I can give you.
1: Yeah, well, uh, while we uh, I'll circle back with you on that next week.
0: All right, maybe maybe you, me, and Dustin one one year, sixteen days in the darkness retreat. Um. Let's start with and I want to get into some brown stuff here but you know considering considering how we've seen teams invest in offense you know Philadelphia with the the AJ Brown trade paying dividends and you know uh, other other huge Ross it feels like every offseason teams are trying to find that next wide receiver and trade or in the draft or tight end or running back so yeah. given the trend of offense here do you think this offseason uh, for specifically AFC teams with the quarterbacks that that are just loaded here, do you think it's going to be an off season of AFC teams making offense the priority?
1: Yeah, although I, you know, I think we still need to wait to see what's going to materialize out there in the market. There really aren't, um, you know, huge name receivers. I think like New England's, like Jacoby Myers, is probably the biggest, like biggest fish out there, which is like not saying a lot. Like, and then you look at the draft. And I mean Quentin, Quentin Johnson, like pretty good player out of TCU. Like he'll probably be the first receiver taken, and then you know Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. Um, you know, like so. You know, I I think on one end you look at it and say, okay, like well, if somebody's gonna take a big swing the way that Philly took a big swing with AJ Brown last year, who's it gonna be? But. Yeah, then you remember, like at the beginning of the off season last year, nobody knew Devonte Adams was going to get traded. Nobody knew Tyreek Hill was going to get traded. So a lot of times, like those sorts of things, can be a result of you know of of, of something breaking down somewhere. And so you know, I think we have a, an idea that DeAndre Hopkins could be available. I certainly think that that's on the table. You know, with a new coaching staff and a new general manager there. You know, then, you know, is there a situation or two out there where, you know, maybe a young receiver um, is looking for a contract and he and his team can't come to an agreement? You know, and I I think T. Higgins is one that everybody's been looking at because, you know, the idea being that, like, they're going to have to pay Jamar Chase next year. Can you pay both of them? So that'd be one. You know, Jerry Judy, potentially, like, you would think he might have been available, but now with Sean Payton there... I'd say they're more in win now mode than they have been. You know, so uh, that's the challenge of it. The challenge of it isn't finding teams that would take these sorts of swings. Cause I think those teams exist. It's going to be whether or not those swings are out there for teams to take.
0: Albert, we've already started to see some of the turnover on the Brown staff. Chris Kiffin going to Houston, uh, Jeff Howard going to the Chargers, and now you know there's a, a strong thought that Drew Petzing, the quarterback coach, could. Could be off to Arizona to be the offensive coordinator there. So, should that spot open up? What do you think is more likely for the Browns in their their staff changes? Specific, maybe. Let's start with the quarterback uh, coach. More of an internal promotion or maybe an external candidate there?
1: You know, I have to look at yeah, I have to look at their 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 staff list. But you know, it does get to the point eventually where you know you're looking at. Uh, You know, uh, like being stretched a little thin, and I I do think for some of the struggles they've had the last couple of years, there are you know teams out there that are fascinated in the way the Browns do business, and like Kevin Stefanski as a coach, and you know, I I, I, so I think you've seen some plucking off of that tree. Um, It wouldn't surprise me, and I'm pulling up the coaching list, coaching staff list now, but it wouldn't totally surprise me if you know you see somebody get moved over. You know, from another position, I believe they're tight ends. Coach was a college quarterback, right? TC McCartney. Mm-hmm. So there's one, you know, Chad O'Shea is coached quarterbacks before he's another where you could move him over. So, um, you know, I, I do think that there's opportunity with guys on the staff. Um, you know, I think that really sort of comes down to how, how thin you believe that you're stretched. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it would be, you know, pitted sort of, you know, looking at one position versus another. And if you feel like it's easier to, find a tight ends coach maybe you move tc mccartney over to quarterbacks If you feel like it's easier to find a receivers coach maybe you move chad o'shea over to quarterbacks i think that's the sort of thinking that would be in play um you know should kevin Stefanski lose true patsy to arizona which i think is a very distinct possibility like i i i think true patsy is basically number one on jonathan gannon's oc list
0: Albert, just just thinking out loud here. Like, um, yeah. you know, the, the Browns have we've we've had discussions. Should Kevin Stefanski give up the play calling? And Kevin yeah. has said, "Well, I'll I'll do it if it it's the best thing for the organization." Well, right. it would seem that Drew Petzing wants to go to Arizona so he can call plays, so he can be an OC and be um, a head coach one day. So. Like, why wouldn't Kevin Stefanski just give Drew Petzing, a guy that he's got a long history of a relationship with the play-calling duties to keep him?
1: Well, what does that do to Alex Van Pelt then, though, right? Like, isn't that sort of a problem? You know, I and, and I know Kevin really trusts Drew, and Drew was one of the key guys that, that um, Kevin brought with him from Minnesota in 2020. So there's no question he's a valued part of the, part of the staff. I think there's also something to be said for – you know, letting a guy go and you know, build his career elsewhere, you know, and I and I think that, that would be part of it, certainly. You know, I like if you're thing and he says, Okay, like we're not gonna give you the title, but we'll let you call plays. Um and you know, and, and and work with Deshaun and you know, is that enough? Like when you know you've got a head coach who's got a history of offensive play calling, so it could be taken from you at any time versus Going into a new 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 situation in Arizona, where you would get a chance to be the play caller with a defensive head coach and build your own sort of ship. So I think that's sort of what it is. And um, you know, again, like I, I'm all for you know doing everything you can to keep as many people in the house as you can. And that's obviously the job of the head coach to do that to do everything you can to keep the staff together. You know, there's also there also comes a point where you know guys have grown and created opportunity for themselves where. You've got to be comfortable saying, like, you know what, this is a really good opportunity. You should
0: take it. Albert Breer of the MMQB on the North Ormstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Um, This idea – so we've had a lot of conversation about Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb's value to this team going forward. K.J. Wright was on the other day and said he doesn't think that Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson fit together, which is mind-boggling because they're both incredibly talented so I just wanted to think, like hypothetically, given we got the McCaffrey deal last year, yeah. If the Browns did decide that Deshaun and Nick Chubb didn't fit together, do we have like an an understanding of what the value for Nick Chubb actually would be? Because I think people in Cleveland have a sky high opinion of what it should be.
1: Well, because you have a sky high opinion of Nick Chubb, and you should, because he's a great player. Um, the problem is he's a running back, and. You know, he's an aging running back with a lot of miles on his body. I believe this is going to be, what, his sixth year, right, like as a pro? I believe 2023 will be year six for him. Um, you know, and, and, and he's obviously, you know, taking on a lot of damage over the course of those six years. Now, he's done a good job of staying healthy and being durable and all of that. But, um, you know, I, I think the problem isn't, you know, Nick Chubb, not, Nick Chubb being good enough. Um, that some other team would want him the problem is the value proposition where if you're another team you look at it and you say do I want to give him a draft pick and slot 12 million dollars of cap space to to make Chubb as great a player as he is when I just watched the team um, that won the Super Bowl run out there with a seventh round rookie starting and making the league minimum and, you know and that's that's sort of the issue all running backs have it's not are you good enough? It's how replaceable are you? And there are very few running backs that are good enough where you could say, that guy is completely irreplaceable. And um, so, like, that's why I, I really think, Nick, that Nick Chubb's got greater value to the Browns than he would to any other team. And, you know, when you get deeper into a running back's career, it's really hard to get value for him. So do you think you get, like, a third-round pick for him? Maybe. Um, do I think anybody's ever going to give a bowl one for him? This is no commentary on who he is as a player. No, that's not happening.
0: Albert, we got the XFL starting up. We got, uh, or, sorry, XFL 3.0 starting up. We've got um, the USFL is back. Uh, there are, I mean, arena football is going to be back as well. So maybe for this year only, leagues this year, is there a thought around the NFL of what spring league is best positioned to succeed, not just this year but beyond?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've talked to some people with the XFL who said that, um, who said that, like, you know, The Rock, (laughs) it's funny talking about him as a football figure, right? But The Rock has been very open about um, how he wants his his league to to help the NFL. And I, I think, you know, that's the right attitude to have in that, like, there's never going to be there's never going to be a league that's going to be able to challenge the NFL. We're way past that ever. We're way past that time, you know. Um but, you know, like what are, what what could make for a su- successful spring league is one that's, you know, created a fun environment with their games and has some sort of partnership with the NFL um and maybe eventually you get to the point where they're allocating players for you to you the way that, you know, NFL Europe did. Uh, 15, 20 years ago. So I think that's probably the formula is like, can we be a triple A? And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, like the the, the nature of the sport makes it difficult, of course, because you'd have guys, you know, like who played in the NFL season coming down, perhaps potentially and playing in your league and all that. But I, I think if there's a way to make it happen, I think it's, it's not going up against the NFL. It's in partnership with the NFL and I think because, you know, The Rock has all the connections that he has and because of his attitude that, like, you know, we want to help the NFL, we want to be a feeder system for the NFL, I think that should give them a pretty decent shot to, to to survive, at least in the short term. Does that mean they're going to be a huge consumer success? No. But if you can get some players out there that people have heard of and you can make, create a fun environment around your games and you can have the backing of the NFL in one way, well, in, in one form or another, you know, I certainly think that um, I certainly think there's opportunity out there for
0: the XFL. I sold earlier, just blurted out, that I think if the NFL decided that they wanted to split the league in two, not literally, like fall teams would say in the fall, but if they wanted a, a spring league as well, as long as they were supplying NFL players to it, meaning like Aaron Rodgers would go there, uh, Saquon Barkley would go there, so you would have legitimate NFL talent, I just feel like the league is the NFL is the only league that will ever be able to do that in anything that's more than a developmental league. Do you think we'll ever see a point where the NFL, the thirst for the NFL in this country, is quenched?
1: No, I mean, I, I as far as the NFL itself, um, you know, I, like I do think like it's kind of it's at the point now where. I think it's at the point now where like you've you've sort of like grown your fan base to a maximum. Like right, so you can't grow up anymore, but you can continue to grow out. And that's like what the NFL has been doing, you know what I mean? Like domestically their fan base sort of is what it is, you know? And like you've sort of I think hit capacity when it comes to that. But you can keep growing out. And, you know, that's been their idea. That's been the idea you know, of what Roger Goodell has done for 15 years in so many ways. Like That's what going back to L.A. with two teams was. That's what London is. That's what um, you know going to Germany is. That's what 17 games is. That's what expanding the playoffs is. Thursday night football. Like, that, there, there are ways to kind of create inventory, and the NFL has been really creative about that. And as it ever gets to the point where like, it's going to turn people off, I, I I don't think they'll ever get to that point because the, the the again, the nature of football, you can only play it, you know, so much. Like you can't play it three days a week, you know what I mean? So I think that there are limits on, on how much you can grow it out. Um, you know, but I but 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 you look at um, what they've done, you know, and, and, and adding things like again like Thursday night football, you know, doing what they've done with the Monday night package, doing what they've done with LA, doing what they've done with London. And um, you know, yeah, you can you can see where there'd be more room to grow as far as that goes. The, the, the only risk I think Nick would be does it get to the point where the advantage that they have over every other sport, which is the scarcity of their product, and that everything every game of theirs feels like an event because there's so few of them, is there a point where you take away from that? And I think maybe to some degree that, that that's happened happened with Thursday night football. It'd be really, 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 really difficult to kill the golden goose in this one.
0: Albert, we got 60 seconds, and then we'll let you go, bud. But Aaron Rodgers enters darkness at some point this week. There are three yeah. options, retire, stay in Green Bay, or go elsewhere. Is there a sentiment about the favorite of those three options for Aaron Rodgers?
1: I think he's probably going elsewhere, but that's just a guess right now. I mean, no one knows but him, right? So I I think the, the odds are that he goes somewhere else. I mean, my guess right now, it's just taking a shot in the dark, would be the Jets. I think the Raiders will inquire about it. Um, I don't think it's going to be like this wild, wild like flurry of trade offers coming in for Green Bay either. Um, I think it's sort of similar to the Brady situation in that because of his age, because he'd be limited to teams that are in a win-now spot, because there are certain things he'd need in place. Um, yeah, I, I think that you're going to see a relatively narrow field. Now, again, that's not a commentary on what sort of player he is. It's just a circumstance. Um, and then I would think that it's not going to be an exorbitant price to go and get him either, which will make him attractive to teams that think they're close. We can argue whether or not we think the Jets are close. They do have some talent on that roster. They were seven and four at one point last year, seven and three maybe. Um, and a lot of their best players are on rookie contracts, which gives them the flexibility. To bring in some people if they do trade for Rogers, so they'd be number one on my list. And I and I do think the likelihood right now is that he winds up playing somewhere else in 2023.
0: Albert, great stuff as always, buddy. Uh, enjoy uh, a football-free weekend this weekend, and uh, we appreciate you, man.
1: Thanks for hanging in with my voice too, because it's been uh, it's been it's been a little rough coming out of Phoenix. I'm working through it. Hey,
0: you sound great, buddy. We appreciate you. Albert Breer there.
1: We really need new
0: phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.